Chapter 13 of Notes on the Broads and Rivers of Norfolk and Suffolk by Harry Britton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Acle to Roxham Bridge. Since the opening of the railway from Norwich to Yarmouth, which intersects Acle, the latter place has become one of the most popular of our fishing and yachting stations. It was anciently a market town, and bids fair to attain to something of its former importance, as well-attended stock sales are now held every week. Latterly, too, a corn market has been established, and a branch bank opened. Possibly the facilities offered by the excellent inn at the riverside, of which I shall have something more to say, as well as the Queen's Head, King's Head, etc., have something to do with the annually increasing incursion of visitors. Certain it is, however, that nowhere in the district can better sport be obtained, whether on fishing or yachting bent, the tourist will have difficulty in finding more suitable ground. Just to show piscators at a distance what they may expect, I may say that one boat, in rowing from the bridge to St. Benedict's Abbey and back last year, landed twenty-two pike. This freshwater shark was caught in very large numbers all the season, but I think the catch, I record, was the largest although I know of two other halls of sixteen and eighteen. I may say that boats are let by Mr. Benz at the Hermitage Stathe, but undoubtedly the station which is most convenient in every way is the Bridge Inn. The worthy host and hostess, Mr. and Mrs. Rose, do all in their power to make visitors comfortable, and, in addition, Mr. Rose is, one who knows, all about the fishing. That he practices the gentle art with some success is evidenced by the well-preserved specimens of the finny tribe which adorn the walls of the house. One case contains a brace of very fine salmon trout, whilst another exhibits an enormous pike, and others show roach, bream, etc., in more or less natural attitudes during breakfast george remarked that this would have been just the morning for fishing but it happened that we had a friend coming from norwich for the day so we spent the time in tidying up the process which is always in progress on a yacht but never completed then leaving instructions for all to be ready for a start on my return i rode down to the bridge where jay mr rose's man was waiting to drive me to the station with the punctuality which generally obtains on the great eastern railway the train arrived to the minute and indeed it may not be out of place to give a word of praise to the company for the general facilities they offer the boating public. Well, Britain, I couldn't have picked a lovelier day if I had tried, was my friend's remark as we shook hands. And, indeed, 
it was a perfect day neither too hot nor too cold whilst overhead the sky was cloudless the air too was so clear and bracing that it seemed almost to give new life this latter particular constitutes a special feature of the broad district as probably nowhere in england would it be possible to find greater purity of atmosphere a writer in a london journal recently spoke of the malaria giving norfolk waters i thought this fallacy was exploded years ago and i challenge him to prove a single instance of the effects he alleges i claim to know what i am talking about on this subject as i have slept out at all times from the beginning of april to the end of october for the last five or six years the fact too that a very numerous class live afloat the whole year round says something for the salubrity of our waterways of course i refer to the wherrymen than whom a finer race of bargees does not exist we got under way at about eleven o'clock with wind and tide in our favour in about the third reach from the bridge an old mill dating as far back as seventeen fifty three stands very near the river and as we passed it george spun us a terrific yarn of how once upon a time a wherry was caught by the whirling sails and had her gaff and i think he added mast carried away whilst i cannot personally vouch for the truth of this tale i must admit that sometimes the sails appear to come uncomfortably near just past this if one keeps one's eyes open two church towers will be seen in the distance strangely near to each other they are in fact in the same churchyard at south walsham and the churches are respectively dedicated to st mary and st lawrence the latter was burnt down in a fearful fire which occurred on the thirtieth of june eighteen twenty seven that it was a very fierce one will be gathered when i mention that one of the bells was completely melted the church was rebuilt in eighteen thirty two although one can hardly understand why it should have been thought necessary our visitor having expressed the wish to look round st benedict's abbey the yacht was brought up and he and i rowed across to inspect the ruins the original settlement of a monastic body here probably dates back a thousand years by ten twenty the monastery had become so powerful that canute created it a mitred benedictine abbey tradition says that about half a century later it withstood a siege by the conqueror until it was betrayed by a member of the order the traitor appears to have made a bargain that he should be created abbot as the price of his crime but it affords one a certain grim satisfaction to know that immediately after this was carried out he was hanged it has been frequently said 
that the bishop of norwich is also abbot of st benedict's the only one in england this is accounted for by the fact that the abbey of st benet's at holm was never really suppressed i may perhaps be allowed a slight digression to tell how this came about or rather did not come about at the time that henry the eighth was making such efforts to rid himself of catherine the abbot of st benedict's was one william rugg who rendered himself conspicuous by his arguments in favour of the divorce this william rugg who appears to have been as unscrupulous as he was well informed foresaw the probable dissolution of monastic establishments throughout the country and resolved to turn his advocacy of the king's cause to account events seemed to favour his designs for in fifteen thirty five bishop nix of norwich died and rugg resolved if possible to obtain the vacant appointment to do this he suggested to henry that the revenues then pertaining to the bishopric should revert to the crown and that in place thereof it should in future depend upon those of the priory of hickling and the monastery of st benedict's the king of course fell in with the idea an act was passed sanctioning the transfer and the abbot was duly installed as bishop of norwich in this way the abbey was never dissolved but its poverty soon led to its decay the abbey gateway is now all that remains of the once magnificent pile although at some little distance away parts of the old walls can be traced the old porch has suffered at the hands of utilitarians who erected thereon a mill but this is falling into ruin so much faster than the work of our forefathers that a few generations hence it will probably have entirely disappeared we spent some little time in looking round the time-hallowed relics of a bygone day and then rode back to the buttercup and were soon again under way i wish it were in my power to put into words a tithe of the pure enjoyment afforded by a trip on the water on such a lovely day as this i feel indeed that the whole narrative of our cruise falls far very far short of adequately describing not only the district but the amount of real pleasure experienced i have already referred to a paper i contributed to hunt's yachting magazine besides this i happen to have written several other articles and sometimes my friends ask me if i am not getting tired of writing about my favourite hobby some say too that my enthusiasm is too great to last i can honestly affirm in answer to all this that i am looking forward to season eighty seven with greater zest than ever and that although our system of waterways is to me an open book i always find something new to attract an interest in every succeeding excursion 
of course we stop at the ferry george said i as we neared the old spot we had visited so many times before so the yacht is swung into the wind and presently we land the servants are going about the place more quietly than usual and we of course inquire the cause we learn that our old friend the host is upstairs ill and that for the first time for many years he is not able to be amongst the pheasants on the opening day of the shooting we express the hope that he will soon be better and our friend having of course subscribed the visitors book we continue our journey up the river from horning upward the bure is beautifully wooded now and again one catches a glimpse of some broad through the trees but on the present occasion we did not stay to explore them once we caught a puff of wind which caused the yacht to careen so suddenly that the water poured over the combings into the well the jib sheets were however eased off too quickly to allow of any serious mishap what a very charming country we are coming to said my friend as we neared salus yes i like it better than any part i know we'll stay here for luncheon so on to the broad we sailed and made for a large boat-house on the opposite side and under the lee of the slight eminence which borders the lake we stopped after resting a while we started on a little voyage of discovery in the dinghy and endeavoured to land on the eastern side the high tides of the past few days had however rendered this impossible as the marshland was sodden well i don't like being beaten we'll try somewhere else so we re-embarked and rowed to another point where i was nearly sure of landing but this was also found to be impracticable a third attempt was successful as we managed after a great deal of trouble to reach the higher ground beyond the marshy rond our visitor rather wondered at my persistence but i had a little treat in store for him which fully compensated for the trouble we had taken we walked along the circular path which winds through the grounds till we reached a rather steep little hill up this we climbed and then i challenged my friend to tell me if he had ever seen a prettier view in norfolk this particular spot happens to be a great favourite of mine and is seen to its best advantage at the end of april or beginning of may when the trees are not so thickly covered with leaves as at a later season what lovely blackberries i never saw finer and indeed my friend was right in his description so we indulged in a feast of the luscious fruit as we wandered back to the river and then gathered a quantity of the finest clusters to take back to the yacht it happens that the part of the river where we found this fruit is called the black current reach but as we embark once again we both declare that blackberry reach 
would be a much more appropriate name on our return to the yacht we found both jack and george busy cleaning and dissecting the leveret we shot the day before and generally making preparations for a first-rate stew for our dinner later on i am afraid i may have given too much prominence to this item of our cookery and solemnly promise not to again refer to it this must not however prevent me from telling of a little mishap which befell us on this occasion when the leveret was quite prepared for the saucepan nothing would satisfy john but to throw the various parts piece by piece to george who held the yacht's pail for their reception in the stern sheets we all warned him of the probable result and presently one of the hind legs dropped into the water and of course immediately sank when again under way i scarcely need say we chaffed him unmercifully but he took our banter in his usual unconcerned way the sail from salus to roxham broad occupied a very short time and when once again on that lovely lake we could not help comparing its appearance with that of a week before when a dead calm held possession of its surface now however the scene was indeed changed and the scamper across its ruffled waters was most exhilarating we had taken several turns round when our visitor suddenly drew attention to the bowsprit which was bending like a fishing rod a hurried inspection as the yacht was shot into the wind revealed the fact that the lanyards of the bowsprit shrouds had carried away we therefore lost no time in making for the shore where the mischief was speedily righted what a lucky thing it was noticed in time to save the spar was the expressed opinion of all as we again tore across the broad this time making again for the river where under the lee of the trees we sailed more quietly to roxham bridge that night when we turned in the wind whistled through the rigging ominously and used as we were to roughing it it was longer than usual before the oblivion of sleep overtook us End of chapter 13